0: Just seeing how she would, you know, what would you do with that with children? Um, (laughs) So then uh, just praying about this sermon and and what we should focus on and that type of thing. um, Then looking at several verses, different passages that have more than like, oh, seven words or whatever. um, But I felt like God was saying, start with this. So kind of that's where we're going to go. Letting you know that Doug intended to be here this morning, and he has um, kidney stones that continue to let him know they are alive and well in his body, and so he is dealing with that. For those of you that have had kidney stones, uh, I think you can pray accordingly. So he, um, anyway, a procedure that he was supposed to have a couple of weeks ago was postponed, and so he's going to be having that on Monday, and then... um, Hopefully, we'll be doing better, but pray for him. Um, pray for Sally. <laughs> so, Doug is, um, I realize his family is here and all of that, but just saying probably he is not, the, he's happy to be healthy and not so happy to not be healthy when that happens. Is that diplomatic enough? Sarah is saying amen. So, you pray for the patient and you pray for the caregiver. Is that okay? Okay. Um, As preparing for this sermon, what I felt like the Lord was saying uh, is that we needed to kind of start very basically, and and even in the song, and to start with who is God. And I know that we can all start reciting things. Obviously, we know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, Some people might say, like, creator, redeemer, sustainer. Scripture says God is love. And there are many, many things that then you could spend... A sermon series on the different names of God and the things that He is, and that He is true, and He is faithful, and He is forgiving, uh, slow to anger. I mean, we could go on and on and on. My next question is, who is God to you? Because a lot of times we can say, we can recite all the Scripture and say, "Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, I agree with that. I agree with that." But but how do you receive Him in your life, and how do you see Him? In your life, because sometimes our concepts are based on experience and not on Scripture, and it's it's a big shift to go from experience to what Scripture says. And obviously, we believe the Bible is true. The Bible is the Word of God. Um, it is alive and it is life giving for us. I showed the picture of my father a couple of weeks ago when he was six years old, about to be in first grade or in first grade. Um, And um, my father uh, struggled a great deal through his adult life and um, had real issues with forgiveness. Uh, Had a real hard time doing that. Had real issues, I think, with self-esteem. I'm pretty sure, although I was not alive at the time, obviously, that his father did not or could not affirm him. Just had trouble verbalizing, I'm proud of you, or whatever you would say. And so my dad, as a result, not blaming his father, but just we all make choices and that kind of thing. But my father struggled a great deal with mental health issues. Uh, He was an alcoholic. Um, He, uh, when I was five, he was, he had a nervous breakdown. And so life was very hard for my dad. And as a result, it was hard in our home. Uh, My mom faithfully took us to church. But um, so the whole concept of Good, Good Father, that song we sing, you know, uh, was very hard for me for a number of years. And not to diss my father, but just the reality of this is what happened. Um, Certainly the Lord, there were other people in my life and other men in my life that um, were like fathers to me. But just saying those things can kind of affect how you see Father God. And, you know, we talk about How he's a good father and run to him and be like a child and all of that. And when that doesn't feel safe in your life, then it's hard to translate that into spiritual terms. Does that make sense? Or are y'all already watching the Ranger game or something? Okay. So that's something that God heals, but it takes time. And it takes time also in his word, knowing that he is true. That he is true. And while many things may change in life, many things may be different in life. Our lives change. It's an ongoing thing. Circumstances change. God is the same. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And a lot of us can relate pretty easily to Jesus. Um, He's not as scary or whatever term you want to use. But we can relate more to him. He became flesh and lived among us. Um, the Message Bible said he moved into our neighborhood. So he walked among us and showed us the love of God and showed us. Jesus said when his disciples asked him to pray, um, he said, Our Father, and literally it was like Abba. Um, some, some references would say that's pretty close to Daddy or a very respectful um, relational father when he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, something we'll do a little later in the service. So as you think about who God is to you, I want you to think about, you know, can you go to him? I mean, is, is that a relationship? Because Jesus paid it on the cross for us to have a relationship with God, with the Father. And when you think to the extent of what happened on the cross and all that Jesus went through, the the book of Isaiah, before they even put him on the cross, the book of Isaiah said you could not recognize him because he had been beaten so badly. So the significance of relationship with God is so important in our lives. The relationship of understanding that he is true and he is faithful and he does not change. That that is a steady place. In scripture it talks about that he is our refuge. He is our hiding place. It talks about healer, provider. He's a strong tower. Um, he's unconditional love. I meet with people sometimes and it, it amazes me sometimes the people that... One time meeting with a pastor's wife and uh, years ago, you don't know her, don't try to figure it out. But... Um, But she really didn't get unconditional love for her. She could talk about it for everybody else. (laughs) But how are you with you? I mean, can you receive God's unconditional love that he loves you unconditionally? Now, his promises are conditional. If you do this, I will do that. But his love for us is unconditional. What an incredible gift that it's not based upon what we do or not do, but it's who we are. Even as one of the names of God, I am. So incredibly important to really, uh, from time to time, and for myself as well, to see who is God to me. That is one of the clear things that I received about this sermon. Who is God to you? How do you see God? And then, do you really see yourself as see yourself as a child? I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. And it's more than just accepting Jesus as your Savior, but do you really see yourself as a child of God? Do you really see yourself as an heir? Because a lot of times we don't. So I'd like to read a couple of passages about what he says um, to us. And this is from Paul. One is in Romans and then one is in Galatians. They're very, very similar. But I want you to think about the difference of being a servant. Obviously, we're supposed to serve. But for us, there's a choice. In biblical times when there was a slave or there was a a slave situation, there was no choice at all. Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. Um, And there is more before it and after it that's awesome, but let's look at this for right now. For those who are led by the Spirit of God or children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. And it goes on to say, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. He goes on and on to talk about it. this, is a very famous passage in Romans 8. I, I think for most of us, if we were to honestly answer, if you say, yes, I consider myself an heir, um, I don't know if everybody would say that. I think we kind of think, well, that's kind of cool Bible talk or whatever. Or, yes, I'm a child of God because I've accepted Jesus as my Savior, but do we really get it? Are we just kind of floundering in the problems that we may face or the circumstances we may face? Do we kind of sometimes have a poverty mentality? Um, a missionary spoke here about a month ago, and they deal with orphans, and some are true orphans and some are not. And, and she said helping them understand and pray through uh, rebuking the orphan spirit. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's like to not live in that mentality that you belong to someone, and it's to God. And his love for us and how he cares for us and watches over us. And sometimes I think when we are so immersed in what's happening around us, we don't even get it when he's taking care of us. We don't even get it. Galatians says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a virgin, born under the law, to rescue those under the law that we might be called children of God. And it goes on to say, for we are now heirs. And in that day when there were slaves and people that had no option for doing other things, oh my goodness, to be given that type of message is huge. A very famous passage in Galatians 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his son, God sent his spirit into of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are a child, God has also made you an heir. The things that God says about you in scripture, again, if we went through them, it would take forever but I want to read a few passages to you about what he says about you this is what God says about you so I encourage you whatever tape plays in your head that that tells you who you are or what you've done or whatever scripture talks about if we repent of our sin God removes our sin from us as the east is from the west it says that he he takes that sin and puts it in the depths of the ocean and he remembers it no more so if God remembers it no more Who's reminding you? You want to think about that a minute? And so tr- trying to, when I taught Bible at CCA, it was I often prayed over the students that in their minds they would remember what God said about them rather than their own self-talk or maybe what someone else had said about them, that we would focus on what God says about us. So there are so many passages, but let's look at Isaiah 43. It says, this is now what the Lord says, he who created you and he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. He knows your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Going down a verse. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. Then he goes on to say other scriptures that certainly would apply as well. But God says that you are precious. God says that you are honored in his sight. God says that he loves you. So I just encourage you in that how God sees you. And to really think through who is your father. And not trying to do, you know, Star Wars. But, you know, do you really look to him as a good father taking care of you? Do you really look at him as your provider? Do you really look at him as one that is your safe place? Years ago, there was a song by Darling Check... um, with Hillsong, and I think Julie Wise well, sang it one time at a women's event when I spoke, but, uh, and I am not gonna sing it, which you all would be very grateful for, and I realized Saturday afternoon was not a good time to call David and say, what do you think about, um, Darling, Check is the one that wrote, shout to the Lord. And I don't know if that put Hillsong on the map, but it sure didn't hurt. Um, and the song, the refrain is, And I will run to you, to your words of truth, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. I will run the race till I see your face. Oh, let me live in the glory of your grace. Oh my goodness, church, if we would ever figure out that the main thing we need to do is run to him. If we could ever figure out that when things get shaky or or things happen that we don't quite grasp or understand or whatever, that God is faithful. And he just didn't get the email about whatever's going on in your life. You know? He knows. And he's our provider. And I don't say that out of a flippant little, you know, (laughs) isn't that a cool thing to say? But he is our provider. And I think part of our job is to ask him. Sometimes people come into my office from the community and um, have conversations with people that are not easy sometimes concerning financial situations, and I understand desperation. I mean, I don't understand it to the point of, I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight, but I think I understand in part, and I understand that sometimes it's hard to ask. But um, encouraging them to pray to ask for God's provision and that they would see it when it comes that, that they would get it. Sarah talked about the scripture of uh, how our names are written on God's hands. And a part of that scripture, a part of that, is when Jesus died on the cross, what was wounded? Right? I mean, kind of wrists are considered the hands, but his wrist. So maybe, I don't know... After all, I did go to Perkins. But, but, you know, some of you were just waking up and didn't have that second cup of coffee. But, you know, is the nail pierce, the scar on his wrist a reminder of me? That he, that he remembers us by the wounds that he bore? On the cross so that we could be in relationship when we do communion we remember I mean it says on the little thing this do in remembrance of me and we remember all that he did for us and it's usually so much more than we can grasp usually God is saying I need you to think so big this weekend wacky camper man I don't know recently Deidre was doing a song my God is so big so strong and so mighty And I will tell you how old it is because when I took your kids to camp, that was the song. But they've revised it somewhat. His plans for us are so much more than what we can get our heads around. And he wants to do so much more. And it's not necessarily by us working hard or thinking hard or, you know, I'm going to do this. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord our job is to run the race because this isn't all there is we can all all holler amen right there is more there is more may we be faithful in this place in the race that he has for us as we prepare for communion know that, that receiving the bread and the juice Um, it's a means of grace. It's a reminder of what he did for us on the cross, but it's also a reminder of what that means for our lives. I don't know how your life was before Jesus. Mine was not that great. And in accepting him as my Savior, I felt like everything changed in me. But I still went home to a dad that struggled, loved us, but was abusive and struggled with many things. Oh my goodness, Holy Communion is God's gift to the entire Christian church. We join with others around the globe as we take communion. It's unity with all Christians. It's not just an invitation to bread or wine, but to a way of life really the only life. It's an invitation to confess what we need to confess, to receive forgiveness, that God takes the initiative. He draws us to himself by the work of his spirit. He draws us to himself. And so as you kneel at these rails in a few minutes, It's it's far more than you know. Staying in your place in line and kneeling or standing or whatever, and trying not to spill the juice, or for your kid to slurp it or whatever, or, you know, try to get their tongue stuck in the glass, the little plastic, which does happen sometimes. And um, but but do we come to receive, to realize that He is here, by His Spirit, and whatever is going on with you, He can handle it that he is bigger than anything we face. He doesn't change. He is true to his word, and he takes care of his children. He calls us children. We've accepted Jesus as our Savior. He's called us children, and he takes care of us in every way. It's our privilege to come and be a part of communion. It's our privilege to remember what he did. It's our privilege to know that he brings healing and restoration and redemption to all our lives, that he's our provider, that he is the one that is our refuge, he is the mighty fortress.